So every now and then, I watch these episodes with my kids. Uh, usually with Reggie, because every now and then Reggie will be interested to watch them with me. He's my older son, for the for the listener. And I'm guessing um, you did not watch the uh, the last one with him, though. No, 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 no. Um, but I woke up really early yesterday. I kind of lied around in bed for a while, and then I heard Reggie get up, and I I got up with him, and I was didn't want him to like do anything that would wake up anybody else in the house, and so I was like, hey, I I got a Star Trek to watch for the podcast. You want to watch with me? Sure, Dad. So we we went downstairs. He's uh he's eight, and. So we started watching, and I kind of tried to explain to him a little bit about what Enterprise is because he'd never seen one of those. Like he, we, we were watching Project together a little, a little bit, and he's seen some of the he's seen some DS Nine and some Voyager and some TNG. I think I'm not sure if he's seen any original series, but I was kind of trying to explain what it is, and and then and then like there's that long thing at the beginning that is like a previously on previously on Enterprise, which I didn't really understand. Like I was like, okay, yeah, I, I was like... going to say, I feel like the previously on did not help me under like prepare me to understand what was going on even a little bit. Like it yeah. was just <laughs> lots of images of different things that I was just like, well, that I, that didn't give me anything. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like something happened where it, the one thing that like I kind of gleaned from it is that it seems like something happened where like the Andorians and, Tellarites got mad at each other, and then so then Archer and Shran fought a duel where Shran was like kind of the stand in for the Tellarites. And then that they don't actually say it, but like that seems like that's why one and, of Shran's yeah. antenna were cut off. And, and then that somehow led to them being friends later, <laughs> the, the, the Tellarites yeah, and the Endorians being like friends. Yeah. Yeah. But even like some of that, I, I glean more from the episode itself than from the from them from that, you know, because like. You know, I know they talk about like the the mind control ship, but I kind of gleaned all of that after watching yeah, the like show. Yeah, they show it than... and they show like the kind of big reveal. They like take the helmet off, and it's the like one of the Anar, these like kind of albino Andorians. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but yeah, like, but I didn't know why that was important. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those episodes that you could have just had the episode without any of that, and like. Yeah, but uh, they were gearing. I think they knew they were canceled at this point, or they, maybe they didn't. But they certainly did by the end of the show. They knew they were getting canceled. So, anyway, though, so we're doing this, and then like there's a little the cold open of the episode is these two Romulans talking um, about just like some stuff with like this drone ship they have, and and you know so we're watching, it and Reggie's kind of like because I was trying to explain that these are Romulans, and and so he was asking about that, and then and then I'm just like, all right, I'm not going to say anything, and then like. The cold opens over, and then the the title sequence starts playing, and then about about like ten fifteen seconds in, Reggie just turns to me and says, "This is kind of a weird song to start this episode with." <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh, good. "Yep." Hi, everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who've seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And today, um, I swear we're not trying to like go on and on. Like, like I wouldn't have even brought up the song in this episode, but <laughs> like that was like a legit reaction. That that's a hundred percent true story. Like I was not gonna yeah. say anything to it, about it, and just like he's seen enough Star Trek to be like what? Like yeah, when that, when that happened. Like no no ideas were seated in his mind other than yeah. Um, that's pretty anyway. great. So yeah, today we're talking about the Anar or the Enar. I'm gonna call. Them, I want to call them the Anar because I think there's there's something else in my life right now that it's. Oh yeah, it's it's in. A, I'm listening to the the podcast 
the Adventure Zone, and there is a is a race of fantasy creatures in the current arc of that. Of it's like a real play D and D podcast. They're called that are called the Einar, and so that's I kind of want to call them the Einar, um, but yeah, it's the Enar, even though the spell with an A at the beginning, and um, so this is uh, season four, episode fourteen of uh, Enterprise. And it's written by Andre Bormani, I think is how you would say that, and Manny Cotto, and it was directed by Mike Vehar. Um, and the description, it's a part three of three, it says, and the description of this episode on Memory Alpha is, Archer visits Shran's icy homeworld to find an Andorian subspecies called the Enar to determine their connection to the marauders destroying ships in the region. So yeah, why don't you take us in to this, I'd say, pretty enjoyable episode overall. Like, not like... Yeah. Not like a, an all-timer or anything, but like a definitely holding my attention, like kind of wanting to know what happens next. And then, of course, like... Yeah, very watchable. Yeah, momentously for our podcast, our first, the first appearance on our podcast of Shran, who is a character that I don't think either of us have seen before, but that we both are, especially I am, as a big DS9 fan, like very interested in because of how much I like Jeffrey Combs, who plays him on, on DS9. And so I was very happy to yeah. see him return, returning here. Yeah, I feel like he didn't disappoint either. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's great. <laughs> it was a good a good performance of that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely someone who, like, I feel... Well, I guess, I don't know if we want to wax poetic about Jeffrey Combs at the beginning or the end, but maybe we'll wait till the end. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the setup for this episode kind of as well as I could tell is there's some Romulans that I can't tell you how many they are because like I feel like in most cases I most of them I can't completely tell apart. I can tell like the main one and then there's some other ones too. The the main one looks like Hugo Weaving. Um a little bit, yeah. Yeah. That's that's how I got, I kept on thinking of him. Nice. But basically, there's these Romulans who have these, like, drone ships that are remotely controlled that are going around and attacking. I think the implication I got from, like, that sort of initial conversation that the Romulans are having amongst themselves is that basically they were trying to, like, do things that would get the Andorians and the Tellarites to, like, blame each other and go to war with each other. Well, I I didn't figure this out until, like today when i was thinking about it but like i think what it is is that like this being the third part of a three-part episode arc i think they only very briefly gloss on it but like the drone ships it seems like can make them can holographically project other ships and so i think what they were doing, oh yeah because at the end yeah like at first a tellerite ship shows up and yeah. an Andorian ship shows up and it turns out they're these drones yeah yeah and so i think what they were doing was they were the drones were like disguising themselves as Andorian ships and then using those ships to attack Tellerite ships and then vice versa. Okay. And then that's why they were hating each other. Yeah. So now they're all mad because Enterprise showed up and like solved the whole problem and now the Andorians and Tellarites are like shaking hands and working together. And mm-hmm. so they're just like, oh no, our plan has failed. We have to destroy Enterprise because they're ruining our plans. And so they're like, we're going to send these drones back out to destroy Enterprise. And we're not really gonna. They're not gonna be like disguised this time. We're just like we're just gonna go do it. Yeah, and I think the the main thing that like why it, they sort of like have some time to get ready for it is they decide that we're gonna send two drones at once, which is going to be like very hard on the like person who's driving, like remotely controlling the drones, 
to control two at once, but also will be like more powerful and that'll help us destroy Enterprise. And so they're like kind of like preparing to do this. And there's a few scenes kind of scattered throughout the episode where one of the like Romulan doctors or somebody is just like, we shouldn't be doing this. It's like too dangerous and like it might kill our like pilot person and the, the Romulan leader being like, I don't care. Or like we have to do it to, to win. Um, and then we cut to Enterprise and basically they have somehow figured out that like the these drones are not like actual ships, but they're being controlled by something called that they call telepresence, which is I I don't like you're just describing remote control. And I don't understand why this is different than just remote control. <laughs> well what he's doing with his brain, it seems like. Okay. But why? <laughs> Uh, like... Why not just do it with, like, a controller? <laughs> like, again, we have remotely controlled drones now in the 21st century. I mean, I would imagine, like, the idea is that, like, you can... It's like, uh, to kind of... My thought would be kind of, like, it's similar to, like, the way that... And I, I would not be surprised at all if they actually were inspired by Ender's Game for this story. But, like, I think it's, like, the idea that, like, if you're controlling it via, like, thought... First of all, you don't have to have, like, your ship can be a lot more nimble because it can be smaller and stuff. You know, it can just, just be weapons. But then, like, it's, like, a smoother thing where, where it's, like... And it, it actually is kind of the way that, like, there's, like, some elements of, like, other kinds of controls that, they, that like, the Jem'Hadar use and stuff in their ships. Uh, it's not the exact same thing, but it's it's sort of sort of similar. Where it's, like, if it's as fast as a thought, you know, you can kind of, like, be really maneuverable and kind of anticipate all these uh, things. Okay. And, You're, like, reducing lag. Yeah. And this is, like, something that, like, they never really talk about in Star Trek, but, like, it makes me wonder. Like, this is because I think this is one thing that they do talk about in Ender's Game because the Ender's Game books um, are really, really interested in, like, the time it takes to get between stuff. And so, like, there's this big thing in in those books about, like, these things called Ansibles, which are, they use this, like, technology from, like, the these aliens that they're fighting to figure out how to instantly transmit across like the galaxy because normally if you send a message like through space it's going to take a while to get there and so that was my other thing is yeah. that like it probably isn't the case because it doesn't seem like star trek ever cares about that stuff but like my other thought was like yeah if they're controlling it via thought then maybe like that's that allows them to do like like be farther away be farther away maybe okay but maybe. I don't know. I mean, like that. Maybe yeah, that's I guess that could stretching it. I see what you're saying, though. Like, I, I, I definitely. Well, I just said like it's probably kind of extra textual. Um, maybe they, when they explain it in the yeah, I guess that's true. Is there's two episodes, episodes that, that they this, talk about that, why that's yeah. important, but yeah, that'd be my guess. Yeah, and as they're analyzing this, what they figure out is that it can only be established by like a species with like very powerful telepathic abilities. Um, I think they say, like, even more telepathic than Vulcans. Because T'Pol can, like, kind of do it, but, like, not completely. Um, But then they also sort of track this, like, biological signature attached to it and find out that it was an Andorian who, like, as far as they know, Andorians aren't telepathic. And Shran is, like, there on the ship, and he's like, oh, well, that means it must be the Enar, who are these... Another sort of like branch of the Andorian species that live in this like frozen cave system and they are 
blind, and they are like very, very powerful telepaths. And they're yeah, they're buying on the heat themselves. And I was just like, oh, they're they're Remans, basically. Yeah, it's a similar type of thing where like there's like the main species that everyone like interacts with on the planet, and then there's like apparently this whole time in this other species that like no one t- ever talks about that are just kind of like live underground and the main species kind of like sort of looks down on them, but also is afraid of them. Also, did you, I didn't catch this cause I'm just seeing on memory alpha now that apparently there are a couple of Remans in the background of, of those scenes with the two, with the Romulans talking, which I did not notice. Oh really? But, I didn't yeah. catch that either. So did, did enterprise come out after nemesis? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, okay. I think so. Huh. At least the end of enterprise. Did. Yeah. I did not catch that, that there are Remans there. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't sure if Remans had ever appeared outside of outside of that movie. Yeah. Or the rest of the movie in that one scene in um, the first season of Lower Decks where they're on their Romulan ship and they're... Do you remember that? No, I don't remember that. It's the scene where they have to like sneak that strike team onto the ship, onto yeah. the Romulan ship to steal something. And at one point they're like, they like have to hide as like these two Romulans walk down a corridor. And one of the Romulans is just like, you know who I hate? Remans. And everyone's like, yeah, those guys are the worst. <laughs> that's like the whole scene. Nice. Uh, uh, I forgot that scene. I didn't realize that they had ever appeared in anything else besides that movie, but yeah, apparently yeah. they are in this episode, even though I, we didn't notice them. Interesting. But yeah, it's a very a very similar like story decision, I feel like. Um, but yeah, and so Shran and Archer are like, okay, well we have to go like visit the Enar to f- figure out What's up with that? I also I have to say I I look at my notes and I, I do I do love sometimes that I I love when I um just get to write something that is gibberish like if <laughs> if you don't know exactly what I'm talking about there's just like a sentence in here that just says Enar are like Remans <laughs> like where it's just yep. like that's some crimes of Grindelwald stuff right there uh, yeah um and so yeah so they go down to to Andor which the impression I got was that like. The whole planet is, like, a very cold ice planet. So, like, even the, like, blue Andorians are used to, like, living in the extreme cold. But then it's, like, even colder in these, like, tunnels where the Enar are. Well, I think the, en- the Enar live in, like the, like, the North Pole, basically, I think. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, and the Andorians live not at the North Pole, and they also live, like, underground. But and it's it still, seems... like, cold and icy and yeah, kind of from how they talk about it. Yeah. Um, um, also, I, I noticed that you called the planet Andor, which is also what I want to call it, but it's actually Andoria. And I oh, was, really? I was like, why do we both want to call it Andor? Is that just because that makes sense? Or, like, is it because of, like, Cassian Andor or something like that? I like, but, doubt it. I mean, maybe, though. There's but yeah, I kept on wanting to call it Andor. Upcoming and then TV they, series on Disney+. Yeah, Plus. Right, yeah. But, yeah, they, they mention it multiple times. It's called Andoria, which is, like... Interesting. It, seem, it seems like it should be Andor, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you why, but, yeah, it does. It feels better. I mean, there's, like, like Vulcan is not... I think, like, very early they call it Vulcania a couple of times, but it's... But, like, Vulcans are just from the planet Vulcan. Yeah, but, like, I'm not, not trying to think about it where it's, like... It's inconsistent, because, like... Is it just because it's similar to Endor, maybe? Maybe, but... But, like, because it's, like, Cardassians are from Cardassia, but... But Bajorans are from Bajor. Exactly, from Bajorans are from Bajor, so they're not from Bajoria. Um, so, I don't know. That's that's odd. But that's just funny that we both, yeah. we both like, our brain wants it to be the other way. I wants to call it Andor. Yeah, and so there, there's kind of a scene with Shran and Archer 
kind of going through these tunnels and talking and Tran talks about how like growing up on a nice planet and those kinds of things and then they end up finding the the Enar. There's a couple scenes where they talk about like some hot worms that live in the and I was like oh these hot worms are going to come yes. back and be part of the story but they're not they're just like some worms that are hot. Sort of, yeah they're kind of sort of in like they, one scene. They melt through like. Yeah they kind of burrow through the ice and yeah, they, they mentioned them like three different times, and I was like, oh, that's going to be a plot point that there's these worms that are hot, but then... Um, I mean, the closest you get is like there's a scene near the end where they're going through the tunnels with one of the Enar, and she's like, oh no, stop, there's hot worms in that next tunnel, and they're like, I yeah. don't see any, and then they like... I, maybe it's just like because they were really proud of the, the CGI they had made for them or something. Yeah. Um, it looks okay. It looks better than it, some it other stuff. It looks pretty good, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's a very... I was going to bring this up at some point. Like, I feel like it's the a feeling I've gotten from Enterprise before where like they used a lot of their production money on a few things. Yeah. And then did not have enough left to make like what should have been like fairly simple, straightforward things. Oh, I got good some notes. All. I got some notes on that for this episode, for sure, when we get to them. Is there going to be any about the ADR? No, it was going to be about the props. The, 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 just oh, like yeah. The, the set dressing. That's okay. Some of these yeah, I didn't get any of that, so that'll be good. But yeah, because like, the worms were like like pretty, again, for 2004, maybe? Like, I yeah, felt, I think 2004. 2005, I think right. yeah. Like, looked pretty good, I felt like. And like I was impressed by how good the, the Andorian like, antennae are. Well, that's that's not CG, right? Like I, I assumed, no, I assumed those were like robotic or something. Yeah, that's one of my notes. Is, yeah, I, I thought the, the antenna looked really good. Like, like I was, I was pretty impressed. Yeah, but again, like the ability to like have a like small enough mechanism and hide it well enough, and like kind of the way they move around on both Strand and on the the main like Anar character, I thought were, I thought were quite good. I was thinking about that too because like there is an Andorian in season three of Discovery. And I don't think that they actually bother to do that with his antenna, not to that extent anyway. Didn't his antenna get cut oh, off? Oh, that's right. Yeah, they did get cut off. You're right. So never mind. So yeah, they were just like, oh, let's save some money, chop them off, you know. Yeah. But I didn't even think about that. You're right. Yeah. So like this might be the last time we've actually. I I will say like that's even I didn't realize that there was a Bromulan war at the end of this, which I probably should have at the end of the show, but like. When we first when I first started, I was like, "Oh, they're doing Romulans too, huh?" And I was just like, oh, "They do, they do everything," <laughs> but I do think that like they actually did like find an untapped well with the Andorian stuff because like the Andorians are like in theory an important race or at least like a notable race. In, yeah, because like, they're like they, one of the member, like one of the like founding members of Starfleet or something like that. Although now that now that we say that, I'm like. Did we know that prior to Enterprise? You know what I mean? Like, like or is that like an Enterprise fact? Like, I'm so. trying to think because I think it's they're important. I can only remember one episode of the original series with Andorians, and I think they're like council members of the Federation or something like that. Like, I think that's I don't know if it's established that like these four races are the ones that founded the Federation, but I think they're considered like fairly important like council members yeah. of the but maybe not maybe it's maybe i am just thinking all that because of enterprise yeah i'm very curious now uh i'll have to, I'll have to look that up later but um but yeah I, regardless i think it's it's like a good this is like 
people know who they are. They're they're certainly very distinctive. Like regardless of whether or not they were important before, I, I don't know. I guess, but like yeah, but they're like recognizable. Yeah, and so it's actually I think a very good way to go to like actually give some like important Andorian characters and like flesh them out a little bit. That's I, yeah. I gotta give props to yeah, and like see where the planet they come from and how they live there. Yeah, and I think that's part of what I liked about this episode is like it did feel like we were kind of like seeing a bit of lore fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was just cool to like see Andor Ia, and like listen to them talk about what it was like growing up there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of, I think it's that good, like world building sense of just like, this is a place that has always been here and now we are like seeing it. But yeah, so they, they go there and they meet the, the Enar. Archer kind of tries to like, starts to sort of tell this whole story. And then the, the leader of the Enar basically says like, it's going to be faster if you just let me read your mind. And then she does. And they're just like, yeah, it does sound like one of the Enar is probably driving the ship, but like none of us would ever do that. Cause we're pacifists and we just kind of live peacefully down in our tunnels here. Although there was like one person that went missing some time ago. And then they kind of do the thing where they like go back and confer and then come back and be like, no, sorry, we can't help you. Um, and then I feel like there must have been a scene cut or something because I feel like we never yeah, so I, see I this gonna, happen. They just like start leaving, but yeah, I was gonna say, that. but like Jamel, who's this younger in, uh, Enar, who is the sister of the guy that's been captured by the Romulans and flying the things, is just like coming with them. But I feel yeah, like but, we never saw her be like, I'm going to come with you and like, let's sneak away. Right. Because there's there's one scene like before they say no, where like you meet her and she kind of talks to to Shran for a while. Yeah, and, kind and of you find like, out it, that it's her brother. Yeah. And, she, and you, you find out he she accidentally read his thoughts. And and so she he knows a little bit about, about his backstory. It seems like he had like his wife or somebody got was killed or something like that. I don't, I don't know his backstory, but so they talk about that. And it's an okay scene. And then, yeah. So then after they say no, I kind of turned to Reggie and I was like, oh, I think that the sister will volunteer to go with. And then, yeah. like, in the next scene, she's just with them. And I was like, oh, Yeah, okay. they're just, like, like, leaving together. And even then yeah. I thought, like, oh, well, maybe, like, she's, like, guiding them back to the surface. And then when they get to the surface, she'll be like, can I come? Or, like, on the way, she'll, like, ask if she can come with them. But then they start talking and it's just kind of, like, assume, like Archer asks her something along, like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, it's, like, already been sort of decided off-camera. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of weird things where it just kind of seemed like they were like, uh, whatever, we don't have time to, like, actually deal with this. Because in that same scene, they see the hot worms, and then, like, it cuts back to them, and then they're like, oh, we're going in circles. Yeah, they and see, then, like, the same hot worm, like, the holes that the hot worms came through. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, mean, I have no idea what those things are called, but I don't care. I just like calling them hot worms, but, um... <laughs> But uh, the the other uh, Enar who said no kind of like holographically projects and she's like, yeah, we're telepathically making this. You can't find the exit because we don't want you to do this because it's against our ways. Yeah, we don't want Jam- we don't want Jamel to like go with you. Yeah. And then she's like, this is wrong. And, the, and then Archer's like, you have to let her follow her conscience. And she's like, that's she's not following her conscience. And then he's like, yes, she is. Read her mind. And then she reads her mind. and She's like. Okay, and then you just suddenly and then the door is right the exit, there. Like, appears like right in front of them, and it's just like, all right, like that really wasn't anything. Like, like, like you could have just yeah. as easily like not had that scene in there at all. Like, it, it wouldn't have changed the the episode, and it's just kind of like, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, go, go, go. You know, we got, we got, we got the hot worms, and then we got to show some ships 
blown up and stuff and we don't really have time for this you know yeah um and the sort of like meanwhile while all of this is happening which is the one part of this episode that i just could not get into at all yes yes agreed is the so basically they've on the enterprise they've figured out how to make one of these same like interfaces for remotely controlling ships that they're like well if we put someone in this whenever the drones attack us we can kind of like hack into them with this to stop them and they're like testing it and Flox is like we don't know if it'll work and it could potentially like cause brain damage to whoever is using it and so to paul is like well I, since i'm telepathic i should be the one to test it and so they do some tests and they like are potentially dangerous and they keep pulling her out and then there's this weird relationship drama between tucker and to paul that i could not bring myself to care about yeah, it's just like T- Tucker has recently thought he was going to die. And so it just seems like they're both kind of like have feelings for each other and very like lazily or like they don't want to talk about it. But they're it not or... talking about it. Yeah, it's very much that like, and again, this is far from the only piece of media in which this is the case, but. It's not even the only piece of Star Trek media where they where they do this. So Yeah, but fair. it's like one of those problems that could be like, it's just so like they're making so much of a point to not just like talk when like all of the like no one's actually saying the thing out loud and like if he just like talked about it and got over it like it's just so frustrating to watch mm-hmm. i will say one of these scenes did make me laugh though because you know i was talking about like the the production design you know we've, we've talked about before like especially in that one that flashback episode where it just like it looks like an episode of like the Batman TV show where like it's just they have computers that have all of these like labels on them that just say like <laughs> control panel or whatever. And um, so I noticed it again this time that like it, when they're making this this device, like the the computer monitor that Flock is using to monitor uh, uh, Paul's vitals is just like just it's just a computer monitor. It's just like a computer monitor that you would have in two thousand five. You know, like. Um, <laughs> but then there's a scene though that made me laugh when, when there's a scene where Flox and Tucker are t- are talking about. To Paul and like and and Flox is kind of like yeah, you you like her like you know you, this is there's more going on this but like the shot like there's a lot of like. Uh, pans in this where like they kind of like will it's a weird thing where like they they do this thing where like they will film up people like through through like like a little like grid like they'll like there'll be like a shelf or something and the shelf is not like opaque there's like a bunch of like little holes in it and stuff and so they'll like they'll Mm. kind of like pan past one or like pan across one and you, you can see them like through the holes and in this shot they pan like past one of those to the scene of them talking and there's like these eight vials of like just like brightly colored liquid that are just sitting on the shelf and they're like they're pretty big like they're probably like six to eight inches tall but they look like literally exactly like food coloring uh, die. And when I when I say that, I mean like there's like like not like water that has been food colored, but just like the bottle of food coloring. Yeah, like like I ha- I own in my house right now bottles of because like they're like a, they're like a teardrop shape, and like the mm-hmm. the cap to them is like a ends in a point. If you know what I'm talking about, like yeah. they literally look exactly like food coloring dye that I have in my house right now. <laughs> like I was like, what? Did someone just like brought to set and like put on a shelf. Yeah, yeah, but they're just bigger. Like, like, like the ones that I have are like like an inch or two tall, and mm-hmm. th- these ones are like eight inches tall. But it's just like, 
why? Like, like <laughs> what is being stored in these that they need to have these caps on them? You know, like, uh, it, and there's like, there's another point where just like in the background of like the scene at the very end when, when Tucker is talking to Archer when they're in Archer's quarters. And again, and just like being like incredibly vague and like refusing to talk about why he wants to get transferred out the ship. But yeah. Yeah. It's just like very like, when Jim transfers away from the office in season two of the office, basically. Um, But uh, in the background of like a couple of the shots, you can see Archer's bed and he just has what appears to be like an orange, like Koosh rubber volleyball sitting on his headboard. (laughs) And I was like, why does he have that? Because it's not, it's not like the right size. It's, but it's like, it has like a volleyball print on it. It looks like, it looks like it's like, it's like a fake, like rubber volleyball that's sitting on his thing. And I was just like, okay. Like, I mean, I guess, you know, most people are probably aren't paying attention to that. They just need to know that there's some stuff back there. But it's just like, yeah, it's like a funny thing where it's just like they just didn't have a lot. It seems like they didn't have a lot to work with, unfortunately. Yeah, and and I feel like they probably because of like the cost of CG at the time and that they like blew what they had on like a few like ship battles and other hot like, worms. graphic effects and hot worms and robotic antenna which look really good which yeah yeah that was like a definitely a good spend and honestly like to you know in fairness to them like would i rather have had them have a nice computer or would i rather have the the robotic uh, antenna the robotic antenna look really good so i would rather have them have yeah no again like i don't fault them for like spending it on what they did i just wish they had more left over for yeah the props department yep i agree i agree um but yeah so essentially they they bring jamil back to the ship and hook her up to this interface thing. And I think like the first time they do, it sort of like malfunctions again. And like, they're afraid that it's going to hurt her. And so they decide like, no, there's no way, like we can't let her use it. And then they start to get attacked by the drone. And I forget if Jamel, like if she has a dream about her brother or like, she knows that it's her brother on the other end. And so she decides like, she has to do it again. And so she goes and like hooks herself up to the interface and, they're able to like hack into one of the drones so that then like she can communicate directly with her brother who's controlling the drones. And he says something along the lines of, I guess like the Romulans had told him that like that she had been killed and like all of the ENR had been wiped out and he was like the only one left alive. And that's why he's like doing this thing for them. They also say too, that like they've been giving him like drugs. It seems like they have been, Doing things to yeah. him also to make him more pliant in the, in doing this stuff. Yeah. It seems. Um, and she's like, no, they lied to you. And so then he is able to, like... Yeah, as, as the drone ships are trying to blow up the Enterprise, he and he ends up, like... Yeah, he, like, makes the drones start shooting at each other, like, blow each other up. And then kind of Enterprise sort of, like... Like, one of the drones blows the other one up, and then Enterprise finishes the last one off. This... I liked this scene a lot, because, like, I think it actually, like... It's a pretty good scene between those two actors, like, between the the sister and brother and um yeah. and you kind of like in a shorthand you kind of like get what their relationship is and then like it like works well with like the how like they're showing like what they're doing to the enterprise and then what the enterprise does to them and then like you know it's funny i watched this episode like not not very long after i watched the year of hell episodes of, of voyager which end with this really cool moment where where janeway to like reset the timeline like kamikazes the voyager into 
this time shift that's causing those time distortions. And the, something kind of similar happens in this where, like, basically, this guy uses these two ships to, like, blow each other up. And then, like, the head, the Hugo Weaveling Romulan kind of comes up to him and points a phaser at his neck. And it's like, you stop this right now or I'm going to shoot you. And then he kind of, like, says... With his last breath, he says to like his sister, he's like, "Remember me." And then, and then he and the guy shoots him. Yeah, the guy shoots him in the neck, and he's got like a, a big like burned hole in his neck when they take the thing off, and he dies. And she she experiences his dies, but then like it's good enough. And then the Enterprise takes out like the the remaining drone, and I was like, "That's just like effective stuff. Like it's just it's just good yeah. business, you know." Uh, so I I liked that a lot. Yeah, I thought it was yeah it was a well well executed episode. I thought, um, and then. I think that's pretty much it. Like then at the end, well, then like, and the trip quits after that. Oh yeah, yeah, and then trip like because of whatever relationship drama between him and T'Pol. Because um, ba- basically, I think I think what they were going for is that like he's kind of not able to like do his job well or think clearly because you know like through all these testing, like he was making mistakes because he was too worried about like her safety and like her being hurt. while she was doing the tests and so you know he's like well i can't like it's kind of that very typical like people in love like not able to work with each other because they were too worried about each other and then like yeah presumably eventually they are yeah that was that was my biggest criticism about this episode it's just i felt like the episode just kind of ground to a halt whenever that stuff was going on yeah those those scenes with yeah i like couldn't bring myself to care about yeah and i just don't I just, unfortunately, I just don't like Trip very much. Not yet, anyway, you know? Um, yeah. And so I just also just, like, I extra didn't care. Like, you know. Although I did like that one time when, when like, where Flock says something about how it's, like, hard to, like, get romance to work with, like, your job. And then he, and then, like, <laughs> and then Trip says something like, you're one to talk or something, which is, like, a reference to the fact that, like, Flox has, like, four wives or something like that, I think. I'm, pr- I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Which I thought that was kind of funny, but, but yeah, I think besides that though, like I, I thought that was just pretty enjoyable. Um, uh, Jeffrey Combs, uh, you were gonna say something about Jeffrey Combs because I think he does. He's just like, he gets like the right amount that you're supposed to be acting as a guest star in these shows. I think you know, like, yeah, he does that. Yeah, he, hit, he hits his marks like in a very entertaining way. I think. Yeah, I think my my thought with this one is just like, I feel like of the like three characters that he kind of. I don't know if he, if those are the only three he plays or if he does all other like minor characters. But of of the three, he's had a couple that, other things at least yeah, that I've seen of like yeah. Oh, I guess he's the he's the computer in um yeah in, in, in Lower Decks. Decks. Yeah, he's like that random like homicidal AI. Yeah, he's also good in that. Yeah, he is. But I feel like he's somebody that like he's always good, but he's always able to bring he brings out different things in different characters. Like yeah. his characters are all so very different from each other, mm-hmm. um, of like, you know, between Wayun and Brent, and then like someone like like I because like even just from this episode, like he can kind of see get what Tran's deal is. As Tran is like, yeah, kind of like grouchy and very prickly, but also like cares a lot and like is trying to do the right thing. Yeah, but is like also like will immediately just like insult somebody or kind of like blow up or. You know, well, he multiple times uses the what I would say is a racial slur, pink skin. <laughs> yeah, when talking about humans. Yeah, <laughs> or about, I guess about white humans in particular. I guess, um, like I was like, that seems, uh, that's like one of those that always like pings me when I when I when there's like some kind of fantasy thing and the people are like, 
like have something that is essentially like functions as a like Rachel epithet. Yeah, where it's like if you did if you call a real person that it would be offensive. Like if I called someone of a different color, like for me, like color skin, like you right. know, it was like literally like there's the Washington football team used to be called the Redskins, and people were, the people and were like, bad. don't do that, like yeah. anymore. <laughs> Uh, it's just like funny that they, that yeah. There's multiple times where he calls him pink skin. Um, yeah. But it's he. He seems like he means it like affectionately. You know. Uh, yeah. Although again, like kind of based on the like previously on, I don't know that he. It's one of those. I don't know that he always did. Yeah. But I yeah. think like personally between him and Archer now has become a sort of like, sort of like inside little like joke type thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's good. He's I, I like him a lot, and I. It, it's funny, like you know, I've not seen very many episodes of of Enterprise, and the ones I've seen, I, there's a couple of them I've liked, but a lot of them I've not been super into. And, and I've only seen him in the one, but like, I still kind of feel like there's a missed opportunity there, where I think about like, even though I like season seven of DS Nine, I think about like what would have happened if they hadn't killed off Terry Farrell's character, if they hadn't killed off Jadzia, mm, and. Yeah. The, the thing about Shran is that, like, they've talked about before that, like, they were considering adding Shran as, like, a main cast member to season five had they gotten to season five. Oh, and, like, he would have been, like, on the ship with them, like, going around yeah. doing stuff. And, and at the very least, they were they were planning on having him on the show, like, a lot. And I'm like, ugh, like, the world was robbed, like, yeah. Jeffrey Combs being a main cast member on a Star Trek. Like, that would have been so cool. Um, he's so good. And uh, so it's kind of a bummer, but but in what he got, he's he's he did quite well. So I'm so happy about that. Um, that's all I had. All, all my notes have been covered uh, in this episode. What about you? How are you feeling? Yeah, I think there's the the one the only other thing I guess going back to like the production that I noticed in like oh yeah you heard about the ADR at least, yeah at least like two or three scenes it was I I'm assuming it was ADR where there were like scenes where someone would be talking. And then it would, like, usually it would cut to a different shot, and then, like, the next line they said just sounded so... It went from sounding like they were talking, like, being picked up from a microphone. Like, it, it was just so different. Like, one of them sounded kind of more, like, muffled or, like, like they were inside a box or something, and then suddenly they were, like, right next to you. Yeah. Um, I didn't that, notice that, that. That's what my assumption was, is that they were, like, lines that were sort of, like, recorded in a booth after that were mm-hmm. kind of spliced in with ones that were being picked up by boom mics or something. And just like, it's just bad sound mixing or something. But yeah, it was very notable at least twice. I think there was one time where they're like all in a conference room and T'Pol is like going through some expositionary dialogue and then suddenly sounds different. And then there was another one with, I think, Shran and Archer in a room talking mm-hmm. where I noticed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did not pick that up, but... I mean, it wouldn't. I would, like I said, I, what we were saying. I, w- I wouldn't put it past the show again to just kind of. I think you're right because I, I think like we've seen some other episodes of the show where like again the CG is like pretty decent for the time period. Like I'm yeah, like about, only things like, where there's the, like one really impressive visual effect. Yeah, that they do. I, I think about the, like the time travel episode we did, where like Archer has like, fifty first states syndrome. Like there's some mm-hmm. good, there's some good CG shots in that episode too. Um, but yeah, I, you must be right. I, I would think that maybe that's kind of how they prioritized it. But but yeah, the antenna really do look great though. Like that, I was like very very impressed by um, how yeah, they I agree how they did that. So good job there. Uh, yeah, well, thank you everybody for listening. Um, 
if you enjoy listening to this talk about uh, Enterprise, I have good, good, good for news for you. Um, <laughs> we're doing it again in just a couple weeks um, when we do our next episode. Next time we are talking about the episode Bound, which uh, is not the Wachowski movie from the 90s of the same name. It is actually season four, episode 17 of Enterprise. And so uh, we'll, we may actually may have a little bit of a knowledge of what's going on. Because that's only three episodes after this one. Um, so we will be uh, talking about that in a couple weeks. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com. You can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. Or you can vi- follow us on YouTube at, at outofcontracts. And contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. You can also listen to the other podcasts on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There's... Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There is That's Not How Science Works, which is a science and pop culture podcast. And there's Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So check any of those folks out, and we will see you next time. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Bye.